Where am I? The pit of despair. Don't even think... <coughs> don't even think about trying to escape. The chains are far too thick. And don't dream of being rescued either. The only way in is secret. Only the Prince of the Count and I know how to get in and out. Then I'm here till I die? Till I kill you, yeah. Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have, in alphabetical order, I'll start with... Shoot, I really should have thought that out before I said that. <laughs> I'll start with Goose. Goose, welcome to Hero Talk. Pleasure to be here. Uh, and after Goose, I have... J-E-N... Uh, Jeff! <laughs> Jeff, welcome to Hero Talk. Welcome. And, Happy to be here. Yeah, and finally, Jen. Jen, welcome to Hero Talk. Thank you. All right, that was way harder than I really had to make it. <laughs> but I do have uh, Goose from Big Goose Says, Jen from The Attic, and Jeff from the Point Street Podcast joining me here. Our film today is Princess Bride, the Rob Reiner, whatever you want to call it, movie that came out <laughs> 1987. Uh, everyone calls it one of the funniest movies of all time. I do not. As a reminder, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast, and we'll probably keep it to the movie at hand, but our philosophy here is anything, anything that's been officially released is considered on the table and fair game. So let's get into it. The Princess Bride. I, uh, I'm the only person that I know who hates this movie, but that hasn't <laughs> changed my mind about it. I hate this movie. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. Goose, uh, help me out here. In my opinion, I think that there are some bits, there are some scenes that work, but on the whole, it's, it's I'm not going to say it's bad, but I've definitely seen better. All right, Goose, I'm glad I brought you on for this. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeff, what, what what do you think? Um, in, in, in much the same way, uh, that that you know I I spoke about this subject with Labyrinth. This is this is a film that I saw as a youngster and you know as an eleven year old or whatever it was. Uh, it's it's definitely definitely impacted how I view the film now. Um, I seriously doubt if I had seen the film now and never seen it before that it would have nearly uh, I would have nearly the fondness for it that I do. Uh, that that being said. I can understand why people <laughs> would have uh, some problems with it, and uh, it's certainly not a perfect film. But I, I do, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't understand why it's a cult film to some people. But I, I get, I get why it's very quotable to to a lot of people, and I, and I get why it's beloved. Oh, um, you want to talk about quotable? I was at work today, today, <laughs> this very day, and somebody, somebody made a comment about like, I think this thing's dead, and somebody said it's only mostly dead. <laughs> And, you know, it's not like I walk around saying, hey, I'm recording a hero talk tonight on the Princess Bride. No, that just happened in front of me. And I'm like, ugh. And I just, now it's like, I hate that movie so much. And everyone looks at me like, I think you're the first person I've ever met who hates that movie. Mm -hmm. So, Jen, we'll, we'll end with you. Don't disappoint me. What do you think of Princess Bride? I am on the line between hating it and just not caring. Wow. So, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close there. I just, I wouldn't say I full-on hate it. I feel like I don't have the investment or the energy to hate it because I really don't care that much. I could have it on in the background, just not often. Um, I've only seen it twice recently. It was Well, the first time I saw it was a few years ago. Second time was very recently. And I think, like Jeff was saying, part of the reason that I'm not into it is because I never saw it as a kid. And there's a lot missing to me now watching it as an adult. It's like, where's the action? Where's the excitement? What's, where's this going? That guy's annoying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, all, I'm pretty much right all there valid with you. Points. And, yeah. and a lot of, actually, a lot of the characters get under my skin, and I can't even tell you why with some of them. They just bug me. I mean, are there I, any I characters know. that don't get under your skin? Because <laughs> that's, that's what I found in this. I Because I, I, I'm question. watching this movie, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I know for a fact I'm going to have to, at the end of this thing, say, what was your favorite part? And I'm like, I have to find something that I can find redeemable about this. I, you know what? I have a favorite scene. I'm not going to give it away now, but I'm just going to tell you that it's with none of the major characters. <laughs> that probably speaks volumes. Yeah. I kind of like Wesley because I think really? he's endearing in a certain way. Yeah. I mean, and he's the probably the least annoying to me. Everyone else is weird or silly. 
I mean, he's obviously kind of this over the top, but I think it's because he's also sort of this like dashing out to savor. I think that's really the only redeeming quality for me. Yeah. Now, I, I want to point out, because I did not like Wesley at, at all, not any part mm-hmm. of him, and I actually really, really love Carrie Hughes, and I think that's how you say his name, but it wouldn't be a hero talk if I didn't screw right. up somebody's name. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I actually, I love him, I think he's he's great, yeah. uh, and, and I'm a big fan of the stuff, I, I thought he was good in Saw, of course, hilarious in Men in Tights. Twister. Twister, yeah. I mean, this. I mean, he's been yeah. in a ton of stuff, and he's he's mm-hmm. great in it. So I, there's absolutely nothing against the guy as an actor, as as a character actor, as a comedian. I I think he's 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 awesome. But I watch him in this, and and ever since the first time I saw it, like I saw it super young, and I disliked it the same way I do now, and it has not aged well with me. I I just didn't like him, and I'm rooting against him, and and it, I think and I think at that point. I, it might that might have something to do with why I disliked it so much because I so disliked Wesley that I found myself rooting against him so hard that and maybe it's because I didn't understand that the the other option was Buttercup gets murdered. Okay, maybe <laughs> it went a little over my head as a kid, but still I didn't like the guy. I didn't like that you know he was okay. You know what? I'm I'm getting it on the table now. There is no way that Wesley, having trained with the Dread Pirate Roberts for about three years before he actually took over the mantle has enough fencing prowess to best Inigo Montoya. I call shenanigans right now. <laughs> that is bullcrap. And that, for no other reason alone, is enough to hate this movie. Yeah, they're just weird. So you hate the movie, but, you... but you have respect for Inigo Montoya's uh, prowess as a, as a fencer. <laughs> he spent 20 years dedicating his life to learning fencing. And Wesley was doing it while he was also apparently learning poison control and I don't know, all this other stupid <laughs> stuff he was doing. And in addition to somehow gaining clairvoyance, because the character does things they just shouldn't know unless he was clairvoyant. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, I'm shaking my head going, there's no chance. There's no, Inigo Montoya should have been able to beat him. And you lost me from there. And then he somehow bested Andre the Giant in, <laughs> in an actual physical combat. No, you know what? No. That, that's why I don't like him, and that's why I don't like this movie, and I think maybe, maybe, if you had made uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts or Wesley, whatever you want to call him, more likable, maybe I could have been on board with it, but he wasn't, so you turned me off on the main character from the very beginning, and so I have mm. nobody left to root for but Columbo here, and, you know, what am I supposed to do with that? Mm. But see, I think that's the reason that I liked him, because the guys that he was against, or fighting, or whatever... I, they were all bugging the crap out of me the whole time I watched the movie. <laughs> so I didn't care if it wasn't really believable that he could beat Andre the Giant because mm-hmm. I just couldn't stand him in the movie. Couldn't stand Andre I the feel Giant? Really bad, I feel really bad saying that, um, I know. Andre, Andre <laughs> Rusimov? You know, you know I, 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 I just, he was like, all three of them were really bugging me. Yeah. And I think that's the only reason I was able to get on board with Wesley. I predicted before we recorded this that if Greg was going to like anything about it, it was that Andre the Giant was, <laughs> in, was in the film. <laughs> I do I love Andre the Giant. I There's no way around that. I You know, I, another I, reason why I couldn't get by yeah. it is, um, and, and this is another person who I actually quite like in everything else they've been in, but hated in this movie, is... I did not like Buttercup at all, and I I like Robin Wright again. I gotta say, mm-hmm. Robin Wright. I liked her when uh, she's good in House of Cards. From what little I've seen of it, um, she's good in Moneyball. She was good as Jen A. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything well, else she's yeah. been in off the top of my head. Uh, so I I like her in in a lot of things, but I just. Mm-hmm. She's you know? very blonde, in Princess Bride. Bl- she does nothing, and like, listen, I'm yeah. I'm not trying to pull an Ernita Sarkeesian here, but she did nothing but sit and be in peril the entire time to give Wesley something to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she contributed oh, oh, nothing oh, to the oh, story oh, except oh. for I'm in danger. <laughs> and it wasn't even in like an, a likable "you want her to be rescued" kind of way. It was just like she just kind of faded into the background. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't even really care. For me, it was literally not a likable I wanted to get rescued, but an unlikable I'm kind of hoping she doesn't get rescued kind of way. <laughs> well, how does she how does the film start with her tormenting the stable boy? Yes. <laughs> for the first 2 minutes. I mean, that, yeah, that's kind of like a bad her. setup. Yeah. And then she get then then like 5 minutes later she's marrying the biggest dickbag in the whole film. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, uh, that was Prince Humperdinck. Played yeah. by Chris Sarandon. Anybody yeah. know what else he's been in? Jen, uh, I'm asking you for a reason. Uh oh. Uh, well, he was married Not to Susan Sarandon. I know that. Really? Jen? <laughs> Hang on. Jen? <laughs> Cannot click fast enough. Really? 
You haven't recognized his voice in anything? That Google foo, I tell you. Mr. Jack Skellington? Oh my god, oh my yeah, god. that's right. I didn't know that. Yes, Mr. Jack Skellington himself from Nightmare Before Christmas. Hail. He was also in Child's Play and in Fright Night. I just Night. saw that, and my jaw just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> How do I not know these Wow. <laughs> wow, Jen. Double fail. Holy cow. Third one I have to leave, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Goose 2. Goose 2. Both of you. I'm ashamed. Oh, wow. Uh, Goose, uh, you'll remember this. He was in the original Fright Night, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I have only seen once many, many years ago, in my defense. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a pass on Fright Night, but I know for a fact. I mean, you you knew the actor who played the stunt <laughs> double for Chucky who got set on fire in that movie. <laughs> but you didn't know, you know an actual living character in it. Well, he's got you there. <laughs> he does. And then Jack like, Skellington. Like, one. the first time he talked, I'm like, holy cow. I don't think I ever would have recognized that on my own. Yeah, I now I have an ear for that because I do a lot of that on Disney Junior all the time. Take yeah. a shot, everybody, because um, I, I just I, there's a lot of people who guest star in Disney Junior, and so I, I've just kind of made it a point of looking up people whenever they they do things, and so I kind of I have this ear for hearing a, a voice actor even when they're doing a voice and calling them out. And I mean, it's usually one of my favorites. Like I can usually pick out Robert Paulson or Maurice Marsh or uh, Jess Harnell. And every now and then it's a famous person. It gets a little harder for me. But yeah, I uh, I heard him talk when I was watching. It. I watched it last night for for uh, this hero talk. And as soon as I heard him talk, and it had been so long, I'm like, oh, that's Jack Skellington. <laughs> I'd never I heard it before. I, that I can understand that I didn't catch on. And I'm actually really impressed that you did. So mm -hmm. good job. But I'm floored that I didn't recognize him from Child's Play as many yeah. times as I've seen that movie. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, he looks different in Princess Bride, but I fail. Yeah. All right. So inconceivable. In, speaking <laughs> oh, no. of, first of all, let's let's no more inconceivable. <laughs> we're just we're banning that word for the rest of the podcast and I every other overquoted thing. So nobody <laughs> goose, goose. That's your strike too. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you wish. Oh, okay. You know what? Uh -oh. That too. That too. It's no more. All right. We I can't. I can't. We got it out of our system. All right. So uh, Vizzini, who's Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite <laughs> character actors. Uh, yeah. Probably, if he was one of the shining lights of this, I would have to say uh, he did die off pretty early. <laughs> so he didn't last long. In a humorous um, way. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he was. He is funny. Just him doing his shtick. And yeah. of course, Disney Junior connection. He also voices Rex on Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> who's been featured in numerous shorts on Disney Junior, in addition to the Toy Story movies. Take a shot. Yep, take a shot, everybody. Yeah. We got a couple more of these, so just stand by. Yeah. He's also, uh, he's also to Star Trek fans, uh, he's the Grand Negus of the Ferengi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a role he was born to play. The first thing I think of when I see him is Clueless. Oh, oh yeah, that's right, he was yeah. the teacher in Clueless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he also does the voice on of the Not So Magic Mirror on the 7D, which is a show previously exclusive to Disney Junior. Take a shot. We're gonna be drunk real soon. Yeah, I say previously. It's actually it's now a Disney XD. Uh, it was a little. The humor was a little old for Disney Junior, and in fact, some of the jokes are straight up like, I, I know it's going over like the kids' heads, but I'm like, that is a dirty joke. But they, I don't know. I love that show, by the way. And when I had to watch Disney Junior all the time, and that would show going on, it was a, it was a nice, it's a nice change. I'm a little sad it moved <laughs> over to Disney XD, uh, but you can catch it every morning at 7 a.m. on Disney XD. <laughs> so there you go. I'm helpful. All right, yes, but he, you are. but he plays, uh, what was his name? Vizzini, I think it was. Vizzini, yeah, Sicilian. Yeah, he was a Sicilian. Isn't Vizzini a, a, a little town in Sicily? Uh, yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah, am I? All right, I thought I heard that somewhere. I. He was kind of like the mastermind guy, and I guess we were supposed to believe that once he's dead, then Inigo Montoya, not Inigo, no matter what Columbo and the Wonder Years <laughs> kids said, Inigo Montoya, <laughs> he says his own name enough times that I think it's <laughs> it's a little weird that they got it wrong. But, the, I mean, once he dies, like, we're considered like Andre the Giant and Inigo Montoya, and for some reason I decided to use one actor's name and one character's name, and that's how it's going to be. <laughs> that, that they're it. just kind of, they're okay now? That mm. I, I, I kind of found that hard to chew on like these they yeah. were perfectly okay with murdering i mean well not perfectly okay they they threw up a little bit of uh of protest to it but it's not like they they really protested they still went along yeah they needed the money they were both uh <laughs> they did they did need the money <laughs> down in their luck well then Fezzik got see, recruited they, see, to the they were squad. both mostly evil so you can be there's mostly evil and then there's all the way evil i'm just gonna stop this bit <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Oh, Goose. Goose, I'm regretting <laughs> this decision already. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Let's move off Vizini. Let's let's talk about uh, usually my favorite character in this, which is Fezzik, played by Andre the Giant, who mm. was um actually the uh, the author of the, of the the screenplay and the book that it's based on, William Goldman. He mm. actually kind of had Andre the Giant in mind for Fezzik. Yeah. And there's uh it, when they they tried to make this movie in the 70s and didn't quite take off and like I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was who they were going to get to play Fezzik then. Oh no. Um, yeah, but then it came time to do it in the 80s and by then Arnold Schwarzenegger had made such a name for himself they had no chance. <laughs> uh, yeah. so then they finally did get Andre the Giant. Oh. Yeah. Well, he was I mean as much as I say uh Wallace Shawn was born to play uh, the Grand Negus. Uh, Andre the Giant was definitely the right choice for Fezzik. I don't know who else could have done any better. Yeah, I mean, it's what's sad is when you read about it, he was actually um he this was like sort of towards the the twilight of his career. His back was horribly uh yeah and life. horribly mangled. Like he couldn't he couldn't do any of the lifting that he was doing for any of the scenes. Like there was a body mm. double whenever. Wesley was on his back, and then mm. in the close-up shots, like yeah. uh, Carrie Hughes is actually kind like, of platform. Yeah, he died six years after this uh, this yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yep. So that's way to bring it down, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I liked him in this movie. Goose, quest, quick, make a joke. He was here. I can bring it. I can bring it back up. Goose, goose. See, on the set, on the set, Andre had going set. Said he had this. Um, I want to call it a golf cart, but it might not necessarily be the right word. And the entire time he kept trying to get Carl Hughes to ride it, he finally got him to do it, and ultimately he ended up breaking his foot. Yeah, I heard they, that. And they tried, they tried to hide it from the director for a good while, and it oh. says if you if you watch, you'll notice in some some scenes you'll notice that Carl has a decided um, lope in his walk. Yeah, it's yeah. because he's trying to walk with a broken foot. So it wasn't because he was half dead. I mean, I no, just, no, it was, uh, was one of the it. one of the the major scenes where you can see it in is uh, when when Carrie Hughes and uh, and Robin Wright are like on top of the ridge, like right before he reveals himself to to be uh-huh. Wesley and not Dread Pirate Roberts. He sits down. I think it was on a log or a rock or something and he very awkwardly and precariously extends one leg completely out in front of him when he does it and it's because that was the broken foot and he couldn't put uh. any weight on it when he when he stood up oh wow <laughs> yeah so it, i do wonder like how much of it was because i i heard that and then i tried to sort of watch for it and they hit it pretty well because i i couldn't if, if any of that forest of despair i think is that what it was called the forest of despair <laughs> yeah something like that no the, it was the pit of, pit despair, of despair the forest the thieves of... forest it was the thieves forest no, the, the the stupid forest they were in with the, with the giant rats. <laughs> when they oh, were in there, I couldn't I couldn't oh, the see the fire. The fire swamp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fire swamp. Yeah. yeah. And then he spends the rest of the movie half paralyzed. So I imagine at that point probably worked itself out. But yeah, mm. which is a stupid gimmick, by the way. <laughs> that whole you spend half the movie trying to get me behind this character and like in admiration of what he can do, and then you spend the the second half of the movie with him not being able to do any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I. I mean, and what am I? Did he ever get? Can he like walk again? Was he? Was that a permanent thing? Or am I supposed to believe he eventually know. developed the ability to do all that, the walking and the breathing again? I mean, by the end, he was walking around with a little bit of help and looks sort of normal as they were riding off. Uh, so he was getting better. Yeah. yeah. Incidentally, right. was there I'll ever a more that. obvious body double than the Fezic body double riding on that little horse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm looking like, uh, see, he looks as normal size as everybody else, so I don't believe that for a second. All right, so moving down the cast list, uh, before we actually get to Inigo Montoya, I want to talk Chris Guest, who played, and yeah. I don't... Did I don't know if they even said this guy's name at all. It, it was I was billed as Count Tyrone Rugen. Yeah, Count Rugen. Yeah, they Rugen, they mention yeah. it well once or twice. It's uh, it's I think maybe the guy that the uh, albino mentions it and and in, in particular. Uh, but other than that, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't get his name yeah. mentioned many times. Uh, yeah, I mean mo- most of the focus on his character was that he was polydactyl. Yeah, yeah. Look at me, I'm using fancy words. <laughs> Break it out of the fancy words. I can, yeah. I can be fancier. He was post-axial polydactyl. Yeah. It's it's funny. Christopher Guest does bad English accents in so many things, including, uh, of course, um, Spinal Tap. Spinal I Tap, he, yeah. yeah. I forget he actually that. is English yeah. <laughs> at times. <laughs> but mm. yeah, I, I quite like him in this. And it's the only time that I recall him specifically playing a villain. There might be other instances, but uh, most of the time um, he's yeah. playing... 
a stooge or an idiot or something yeah. like that. I've, I looked up, like, any of the stuff he was in to see if I recognized him, and, like, I really didn't, unfortunately. I Other than Spinal Tap, of course, which is, is pretty obvious, yeah. and no, nothing else really rang a bell. So. Yeah. Uh, well, so, some of those parody films like Best in Show and A Mighty Wind and stuff like that, He's and Waiting for Guffman, he's well-known, and he's great in those. They're just yeah. not, uh, you know, they, they weren't films with wide release. Super memorable, yeah. No. All right. And, uh, you know, I feel like we're kind of skipping over two characters here, and and I, I think we, we really need to at least stop and acknowledge Peter Falk and Fred Savage were in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a young Fred Savage. I think this was before the Wonder Years, wasn't it? I feel he like looked it younger. was. I mean, he's he looks he looks even younger than he did at the start of that. I I haven't got it in front of me, but it's actually. I you know want to say it was like right before. Yeah, because the Wonder Years. I wanna that show went on for five or six years, and it ended in it the early nineties. So I mean, that would have had to have been yeah. right around that time. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks like right around the age of the first season. But. According to Wikipedia, Wonder Years started a year after this released. So, all right. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. He was uh, so he was in it, and then Peter Falk. I think everyone knows him from Columbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, big Columbo fan, by the way. I don't know. Were you Jeff? Uh, I mean, I I recognize it. It was just in the culture, but I I don't think I ever watched more. I I I'm ashamed to admit I probably watched more Murder She Wrote than I did Columbo. <laughs> Not, and I wasn't trying to. It just you know. Uh-huh. No, that's that's the, the wrong was answer. Just on that channel. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I, what I my favorite part about the Columbo stories is because Columbo is not a murder mystery. They they straight up show you at the beginning who did it. So yeah. the whole point is you you watching Columbo get under the guy's skin and figure it out. And you can't truly appreciate that if you don't know who did it. So they just show you and then you say, and then he's just and he's always just picking apart at these guys and I oh, just just one more question, sir. Just just a moment of your time. I loved him. So Yeah. So I guess it felt good for me to see Peter Falk because I I liked Peter Falk and I was a big fan of Columbo and uh Columbo is the basically Columbo and this are the only things I knew him from. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he did other yeah. stuff because you know I mean he he acted for some 50 years or so, but <laughs> those are the only two things I really recognize him from. <laughs> so all right, there we go. We we hit them. All right, let's. I've put this guy off enough. Manny Patinkin. Manny Patinkin. Yeah. Patinkin. Thank you. All right. It's, sorry, Manny. I'm I'm bad at this. If you listen to Hero Talk, which I assume you do, you would know that. <laughs> he plays the the name of the character who everybody knows. People who haven't seen this movie know this character's name. Mm-hmm. Inigo Montoya. Yeah. Uh, he says that at least once a day, mostly twice a day, his entire life, somebody walks up to him and says, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Uh, yeah. He thinks it's funny, and he loves it, and he, he's great, and he loves that he played the character. He thinks it was the favorite role he's ever had in his career. But even as a joke, I think all those people telling me to prepare to die would probably get me a little paranoid after a while, <laughs> right? Because like, you never know when they're actually going to be off their rocker and want to kill him. You never yeah. know. People are about actors. I know. Like he, That I, would scare me. That'd be scary. <laughs> yeah. And the so people scary. that don't know him on this probably know him from uh, Homeland and Chicago Hope. Yep. Those are Homeland the big and Chicago, ones. big and, ones. And in. Yentl, but oh. we're we're not going to talk about. And Yentl. Criminal Minds. Oh yes, that's Criminal right. Minds. Yeah. I remember him from Criminal Minds. Yeah. Um, I saw he had his credited in Dead Like Me, and I, I swear I've seen this show. I don't remember huh? him in it at all. Huh. Yeah. Huh. So I don't know. I guess. But I, I always know him as Inigo Montoya. I, I think that mm-hmm. probably he still kind of looks like Inigo Montoya, although and sometimes he grows a beard and then he can get away with it. But I don't know, it's this is what people know him as. And it was probably one of one of the better parts of the movie was Inigo Montoya, or at least him saying his name repeatedly over and over again. <laughs> I'll admit that he grew on me a lot the second time I watched it. Really? From the first time. The first time I couldn't stand him. What, what, Could no, not what, stand what was wrong the character. With him? It just got on it. Well, but see, here's the thing. My first viewing of this movie was a little bit tainted because I watched it with a group of friends that all knew it like the back of their hands. Those are the most annoying the people whole on movie. Earth. <laughs> They were quoting the whole movie and laughing, and they were doing it out of order. So they were randomly quoting each other stuff that wasn't going to happen for a half an hour. Yeah. So I was so distracted and thrown off, and it, I, I think I just wasn't really into it anyway. So he just mm-hmm. seemed annoying to me. 
But the second time, it was a lot more kind of annoying, but also endearing. So, yeah. Wow. What an annoying group of people to watch a movie with. (laughs) Honestly. How dare they? It just, no, and throughout it, they were like, sorry, this is a terrible time for you to see it for the first time with us sitting here laughing and quoting it. So they even knew they were being terrible people, but they're like, but we're not going to stop, by the way. If you think about it, even a great film and and ultimately even equally as quotable film like Ghostbusters, if some if a group of people did that to uh, somebody who'd never seen Ghostbusters, you probably wouldn't appreciate Ghostbusters as much either. Likely wouldn't, no. Hmm. But yeah, I I could see that ruining it for you. I I kind of liked Inigo Montoya. I at least had respect for his self-professed sword fighting prowess. But still, it it was you kind of, as you like him, have to ignore the fact that he was perfectly okay with murdering Buttercup and was totally just going to murder Wesley just for no other reason than for trying to stop them from murdering Buttercup. So I I don't know. It's there's that. There's that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Hmm. let me let me let me go on. I'm going to hit a couple of these supporting characters um, because they were prominently featured and because there's a Disney Junior connection in there somewhere. So, I, I remember, I had seen this Billy Crystal scene about a hundred times. He plays Miracle Max. Mm. And then as, mm-hmm. I'm, as I'm trying to research for this, for this podcast, uh, you hear all this talk about, like, the only injury that anyone had on, you know, that, that Manny Patinkin had on set was he bruised a rib laughing so hard at the Billy Crystal scenes. And that Rob Reiner had to leave the set because he was laughing so hard at the Billy Crystal scenes. I'm like, I don't remember it being that funny. So I went in with an open mind. I'm like, all right, well, let's, I mean, maybe maybe I just don't remember it being that funny, but it was funny. <laughs> and I watched it. And it's not funny. It's it's not, not really, at all funny. Yeah. Like, am I missing it? Did did somebody else find it funny that I just I just didn't like, understand? I, I mean, I kind of, the, the, the mutton, lettuce, tomato in the background thing was kind of like a, a little throwaway, you know, okay, you made a McDonald's joke. <laughs> but, uh... That, that you had to be really paying attention for to notice anyway, because it was such a throwaway. But I, I didn't think it was, uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't think it was the greatest thing. It's certainly not the funniest thing in the movie, nor even really a highlight for me. It's yeah. a interesting cameo, but it, it yeah. he's not exactly... Unless they cut all these bits out and they're on the special edition or something. I've, you know. I don't know. I, I have the most bare-bones copy of the DVD for this movie. I mean, I'm talking didn't even have a special features option on it. Mm. Like that's that's pretty bare. Oh, wow. I, I found it in the bargain bin. Mm. So I mean, I, I'll take what I get. In fact, I didn't even have English subtitles, so I had to crank the sound up to hear it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I usually listen at night, and we're pretty quiet, so I always put on subtitles. Plus, you pick up oh, things yeah. in subtitles that you don't yeah. you don't always mm-hmm. catch. And so yeah. I used to put it on, but like, nope, there was no English subtitles. I'm like, that's yeah. old. That's yeah. standard. Like how to spell yeah. an ego Montoya, for example. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you're <laughs> made aware. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, you know, not only is he not really the funniest part of this movie, he's not even the funniest part of the scene he's in, because it was stolen by Carol Kane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love her. I love Carol Kane. Uh, love her. <laughs> most recently seen her in Gotham, where she plays Penguin's mom. Oh, and, Ooh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and she's also was featured prominently in the Netflix exclusive se- series, uh, what was it called, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt with Ellie Kemper. Ah. Oh. Yeah, so I... I've seen her in stuff like recently, like within the last two months, so it immediately recognized the voice regardless of the makeup job. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, people might also remember her from a couple of appearances on Jake and the Neverland Pirates on Disney Junior. She plays the Sea Witch. <laughs> Take a shot, everybody. <laughs> no, it, it just occurred to me how they might have been able to make that Miracle Max scene better if they had just like you know decided to make a taxi reference if if Andy Kaufman had been still alive just just got him to play Miracle Max then at least you could have said oh it's it's him and yeah. Carol Kane reunited again and he might have done something different with it other than just doing a Jewish deli guy impression which is about all yeah th- uh, which is the only off. character that Billy Crystal has <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? Like, yeah, tell me honest, I'm wrong. Billy Crystal just annoyed the hell out of me in this scene. I'll be. I know people think it's funny, but I was just sitting there like, "Buddy, your shtick is getting old." No, I'm. I'm <laughs> totally with you on this. It was. It was horrible. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, we've mentioned she's. She's. We could not possibly list everything that Carol Kane has been in, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, same thing with Billy Crystal. L- listen, you just. You know who Billy Crystal is. You don't need me reminding you. Mm. And what else they've been. And in. if you do, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, we'll seriously. save that for the. We'll <laughs> save that for the Billy Crystal hero talk, which uh, you can look forward to. Yeah, you know. that would be fun. Oh, you know who else? One of the most overquoted people in the movie. 
movie, who's only in the one scene, is Peter Cook plays the uh, the minister who leads. <laughs> Mowage. Mowage. What is Mowage? Uh, I have to hear that. Oh my goodness. And that's one of the things that they were saying the most when I was watching the movie with my friends. Like, throughout the whole movie, all of a sudden, one of them would go, Mowage! <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I... You know, I don't know. It makes me laugh though, just because it's just so ridiculous and silly. The, you the know, only I thing that makes Jen me watching laugh. this movie yeah. in the corner, staring at her friend. <laughs> at <this> point, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I remember they there will was tell a you scene. That's exactly what I was doing. Yeah, a scene in the office where uh, Michael Scott, uh, who is Steve uh, Carell, it's Carell, right? Not the yeah, other yeah. guy. Steve Carell's yeah. character. Uh, he gave a speech at a wedding, and he immediately broke into mailage. What is mm-hmm. mailage? I'm like, oh, it's so annoying. It's perfect for his character, but seriously, <laughs> I. Man. All right. So now we're done with the characters. There wasn't much story here to really speak of. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. Wesley went out. Everyone presumed he was dead. Uh, and at some point he becomes the new Dread Pirate Roberts, but decides not to say anything to anybody about it. Yeah. Uh, I heard it was now Dread Pirate Roberts. That was a real dude, right? Like, uh... I thought there actually was like, well, there, there, like there not, is not, a... he's not the same as how he's portrayed here, but I thought there actually was like a, a dread pirate Roberts somewhere. Yeah. I, I think, I think the name might be lifted from a real pirate. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe it could. Oh, wait a minute. It's the guy. It's the black Bart guy. That was the guy oh. with the last name Roberts. Um, oh, black Bart Rob. Okay. So that's all right. Yeah. So never mind. That's dumb. I heard he that was somewhere. A, it was a golden age of piracy. He was a golden age of piracy pirate, but he wasn't called the Dread Pirate Roberts. I'm sure the name was used yeah. because it was evocative of something, though. Yeah. It's also, I find it very hard to root for a pirate. Now, even if I don't know what Wesley did, well, he was Dread Pirate Roberts, but. You know, you you can play this whole, like, oh, I replaced him and I became the good Dread Pirate Roberts. Like, the guy was known for being a bad person. Like, yeah. it was assumed if he had, if he got Wesley's ship that Wesley was dead. Yeah. So, but Wesley, I mean, he doesn't, he makes no attempt to contact her until he clairvoyantly knew she had been kidnapped. It just, it, you know, I, I get you have to introduce him, and I'm probably not supposed to think this much about it. But holy cow. I mean, come on. <laughs> Maybe the rum was gone. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got to give me something. Give me something because I'm just going like. There's Any no way. explanation of that? Yeah, I didn't even notice. No, none. Huh. He just shows huh. up and then rescues her, and there's a total jerk to her after he rescues her. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, I I couldn't get I couldn't like the guy. This is after he beat Inigo Montoya again. Shenanigans. Should have never been able to outfence him. Although, interesting note, the only stunt doubles for that scene were the somersaults. Uh, both Mandy Patinkin and Carrie Hughes learned how to fence with both hands. Yeah. Impressive. Wow. Uh, yeah, impressive. It's really cool. And yeah. I, I think it help. I, I think it helps the scene that you're not constantly seeing cutaways. It, it's uh, it's far more enjoyable seeing their reactions and. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think it they could have gone over the top, you know, cutaways and <laughs> jump cuts and yeah. crap. And well, especially it. for as much dialogue as there is in the scene. Yeah, you you need yeah. to have them in there because otherwise, what you get and you've seen this in other movies. I'm not going to point any out, but where you'll get the the far away shot of like the fencers going, and then they'll lock up with each other, and yeah. then you get the close in shot of some dialogue while no actual fencing is happening. Yeah. And push away from each other again, and you go back to the far away wide shot. And mm-hmm. you know, for as much talking as it was, if I had to see that happen every single time, I think uh, I would have just checked out more than I already yeah. did. But I, if you want to make the scene work, and as as silly as it might be, it did work in that it's because you actually had the actors fencing, and they they looked competent enough. I mean, I'm not yeah. a fencing expert. I certainly can't be like, oh, well, he parried yeah. and he should have plied, but. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was the most it was the most memorable sword fight I'd seen in a film until the one in Rob Roy at the end, which is uh, also very well done. And the both the actors in question uh, were, uh, you know, definitely uh, definitely the ones going through the motions in that as well. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and. But, of course, it ends with Inigo Montoya getting bested. Now, I mean, I guess, am I supposed to think Wesley's a nice guy for letting him live? Not entirely sure how that works out, but I just, I didn't, I didn't like it, and then it leads to the Andre the Giant fight, and uh, they give him some credit, because they kind of make it clear that Andre the Giant could have just straight up killed yeah. him if he wanted to, but... I didn't wanted. have to miss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Andre's cool. Hmm. 
Mm. I like him. He, uh, I guess he, he had some trouble with his lines. He used to just listen to them like on repeat over and over again to try to get them. I don't mm. think he understood a whole lot in terms of what was being said around him. Yeah, yeah they actually had, if you you can notice it in one scene, but I can't remember the one off the top of my head. He actually has a pair of, um, I guess it would be an old, an old version of earbuds in his ear hooked to a um, like a playback where someone has recorded his lines, and so when it comes up on the recorder, he repeats it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty good, considering that I never really noticed that he was, you know, at all out of sync with anybody, so. Hmm. Nope. Editing. Editing. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> the only line worth quoting, I think, in the whole movie is, anybody want a peanut? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, so I I don't know. I also I call shenanigans on the whole Wesley besting Andre the Giant because mm-hmm. I, you know okay I I can get the I'm quicker so maybe you can't hit me and so I jump on your back to do this chokehold, but honestly like and outsmart I've seen Andre in his heyday and mm. he could just flip you like you can't choke him like he he's his neck was too big to even get any leverage to do that yeah and then if he backs you up into a rock like that to hang on. Yeah. I mean that's that's crushed lungs right there. Yeah. There's no shenanigans. Yeah, both those scenes got complete shenanigans for me. That and him beating uh, Montoya, I completely call BS. Like yeah. no way. I, I think yeah. the only way that Greg could have been happy with Wesley defeating Andre the Giant is if he'd used an atomic leg drop to pull it off. That that would have been fair play. No, I believe because 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 that's that's Hulk Hogan's thing. If he had used a steel chair. Because then oh, I'd been like, oh, okay. he couldn't do it. Fair. He had to use the chair. I probably would have been on board. He leans with it. off camera and tags in Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have made this movie any more inane than it was, and I probably would have liked it. So uh, that's uh, the atomic leg drop. WrestleMania three, everybody, you got to go watch that. So everybody, I know we, we've we've really brushed off Andre the Giant because everyone knows him as Andre the Giant. I have I called him Fezic more than once. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm, I, I was I was a wrestling fan in the day. I was a little Hulkamaniac, but I appreciate the, uh, what Andre the Giant was doing. So mm. uh, the whole now you can take a look at those other two scenes and be like, well, you know what? He let Andre live. Uh, he didn't kill Inigo Montoya. But then you get to where he's with um, Fizzini. Yeah, and that was straight up murder. <sighs> like, there's no way around it. He he mm-hmm. put up a false false pretense. He presented him a situation where he was going to drink poison regardless of whatever happened, and he just kind of let him let it happen and let him die. <laughs> so uh, that's murder. There's no way around that. That wasn't like I did what I had to do. That was like I did what was easiest to do, which was kill you. Didn't have to, you know. Well, yeah. he did have a knife to her throat. Okay, so. but he put it down. You you could have just been like, oh, let's try a battle of wits and then get close and then punch him in the face. You know, it's. It's not like it's not like Buttercup was really resisting at that point because she was very very cooperative captive. I have to say, yes, Mm -hmm. she tried to escape that one time with those ridiculous eels. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was that part of the scene that just bugged the hell out of me. As soon as he put the knife down, I was like, "Okay, lady, kick his ass." Yeah. Oh man, can we just talk about the eel scene for a second? Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then they stop so Columbo can tell the Wonder Years kid that oh she doesn't die here. I'm like, yeah, we're twenty minutes into the movie, Columbo. I know she doesn't die here. <laughs> Nobody's scared of that happening right now. We're all scared that this scene's gonna last Except long. Except for a young Fred Savage. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that scares me right now is this scene isn't done. That's what Be- scares me. Before I forget, there's something I mentioned to Jen that I'd be remiss if I didn't if I didn't bring up. The whole the whole framing device kind of like isn't it is interesting. I I've liked that sort of thing in other storytelling that I've seen movies and books and other words. But this this film, it, I I think it was probably marketed as a child, children's film. I know that it was shown to me under the pretense that it was for kids. But there's a lot of there's a lot of violence and <laughs> oh, <laughs> for yeah. a kids film, this is a reasonably violent film with a lot of you know you know d- morally and, difficult and stuff. Torture. Yeah, and tra- yeah, straight up and torture. Straight up torture. Like, uh, like, and and that's like a pr- and an over the top, like, oh my god, <laughs> like yeah. t- torture scene. I was saying to Jen that 
I bet you any money in this day and age, they, they would, and, and given that there were this many celebrity, celebrity cameos in it anyway, this would have been an animated feature, hands down. Absolutely. They would not have attempted to do this as a live action movie. It, it would have been marketed as a kid's film. It would have been done as an animated feature. And all these voice actors, that are people that do voice acting anyway, would, would have worked just as well as... Um, as yeah. as they do on screen, I, I don't even think they would attempt a film like this today and, and try. Nobody and pass would die it off. in the entire thing. No, <laughs> no, that's that's nobody dies in kids' movies anymore. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, Wesley gets stabbed when he's like, or wait, sorry, and you Montoya gets stabbed through like both shoulders both and shoulders gets a knife got to the a gut. shot in the gut, and yeah. then he gets better. Like, yeah, he was on his deathbed and then couldn't stand, and he's like, well, now I'm good, mm. you know, because he. <laughs> He it, put it, in the Konami code, and he was yeah. fine. It yeah. reminded me a lot of, and I'm going to make an Avengers reference here, and I said anything was on the table, but in the in the final fight in the Avengers, like, Captain America gets shot straight up, like, shot in the chest, mm-hmm. and then they all go out to Shawarma afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And I'm watching there, and at it, it, some one point it occurs to me, like, did Captain America get shot in the chest? <laughs> Don't you want to ER? take him to a hospital or something? Mm. He's Super soldier. I He's guess. Tubby. Super healing, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so this, yeah, this reminded me of that. Like he's just like, oh, I got better. I'm I'm not familiar with the source material at all. It could be that this that Princess Bride was not actually ever meant to be aimed at kids, and it was just sort of constructed in that way, and it's been passed off as a kid film. But like you know, right down to the fact that she's really flippant about committing suicide and then almost does it. Wow, you wouldn't see that in a kid, yeah in a kids movie. Oh, I'm going days. to kill myself today, and the guy's like, oh, she gave <laughs> oh. me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's pretty that's pretty heavy for a kid's movie yeah yeah and then he makes the you know there's a shortage of perfect breasts like that a little first of all that's creepy <laughs> regardless of the previous relationship that's a creepy line and then like yeah. in a kid's movie that's mm. maybe was a, a little a very little creepy line yeah like holy creep well anyway I, so, even by our standards yeah, which our pretty standards. low <laughs> yeah so I mean, I, it just it all played off in like things that just didn't work with me when, when it came to Wesley, and I have to blame the screenplay because I had no issue with with Kiryu's. Uh, now they get they get into this this forest or the swamp or the fire swamp or whatever. Um, and I actually I hear there's a story where uh, William Goldman, the guy who actually wrote the book and the screenplay, the first time he saw this scene when he was kind of watching it on set and Buttercup's dress catches fire, he actually stopped filming when he yelled like, "Hey, your dress is on fire!" Like, dude, you wrote the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you fail. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I hope that's true story. I don't actually know if it is, but I'm really hoping that actually happened. Cause it's pretty hilarious. It is. Um, <laughs> we'll but, say it's true. Yeah. Now, and I, I looked and and looked to see if I could find out who was the name of the actor in the rat suit. Did anybody know what <laughs> that is? Did anybody see it? No, I didn't. But I I had a reaction to the voice uh, that the the rat made when it screamed in pain, and I swear to God, I heard Frank Oz and was like, I have to see if that's actually Frank Oz, and it wasn't. But no. it had that I, sort of Yoda like. I couldn't. Yeah, and when he burns the rat alive, and then after it's been seared alive and cooked, he stabs it. Stabs it. Yeah. Yeah. What a nice, lovely scene that was. <laughs> Yeah, so here's this is a, another interesting story because I did my homework on this one. Uh, so they they finally get out of the forest and like the count whatever his name is Rugen. takes yeah I don't care takes them <laughs> captive. <laughs> and, and what was a really weird twist of all of a sudden like no keep him alive and like eh, do you really think that'll work? But sure, whatever. I you know I, I guess she didn't know the prince was crooked. Now what was the plan of the prince here? By the way, like the the whole idea behind this was that. She was going to be captured and then killed and then left on the shores and made it look like the other country across the sea did it to start a war. But they don't really establish why does he want to start a war? What does he stand to gain from that? Because bad guy reasons. I mean, (laughs) that's as far as it ever goes. Yeah, he's like, oh, we can start a war. Like, why would you want to start a war? Like, do you... You have nothing to gain from that. Yeah, that doesn't make yeah. sense. I, I'd like to think that perhaps in the source material, where there's a bit more time and space, they expand on that. But in the film, it's his his yeah. uh, his reasoning is. I mean, his re- his reasoning for a well lot developed. of his things are very empty. Like, then he and then he decides like, mm-hmm. oh, I've I've started the rumor that they they're gonna try to take my wife that night. So you need to clear out the thieves' forest. But I don't really get why he needed the thieves' forest cleared out. Like. Other than he needed to assemble a brute squad so that Vezik would have a reason to run into Inigo Montoya. Yeah. 
anyway, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. So there's a scene where the Count, like, hits Wesley on the head with uh, with his sword butt. Mm-hmm. And Kiryu said, like, you know, if we really want to sell it, you should hit me for real. So just really just, just wail into me. And he hit him so hard, Kiryu had to go to the hospital. Oh, my oh. God. And and then you see the scene, and it looks like such a dainty hit. <laughs> I didn't buy it at all. I'm like, Oh, you went to the well, hospital. Well, did they have to refilm it? I have no or idea. Or is that take? Because I, I wonder would, if I would they hope did the it take so that bad literally knocked him unconscious would be the one you use. But... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it was too brutal, and they thought yeah. we can't do this. Let's refilm it and do it lighter. Yeah, we wouldn't. We wouldn't want to scare everyone before the torture scene. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Now this, I don't, I don't understand the machine, and it was, I guess, in the terms of we don't want to show actual torture. Yeah. We need to just make something up. I guess it, it did the job. Uh, Carrie yeah. was per- pretty well sold it as being outright torture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where I got a little iffy on the timeline. Uh, so Wesley's in the dungeon in the in the pit of despair, or whatever, which is in the tree, and <laughs> I mean w- w- with the Keebler elves. Yeah. With the Keebler elves and uh, the uh, the uh, the guy with no pigment. What what do they call those albinos? albinos. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> who, who has one of my favorite lines? And I don't. I for all the quoting people do. I think the <laughs> yeah. don't even try. <laughs> like that. That was actually uh, pretty. That was that was funny. pretty nifty. And he also yeah. had probably one of the funny. other clever lines. Like so, I'm here until I die. And he goes like, until I kill you. Until yes. Until we kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes, it was played mm. by Mel Smith, who actually okay. doesn't really like watching this movie. Mm. He uh, he had a, apparently a very bad allergic reaction to the contact lens solution they were using for his his eyes. Oh, and so he's just he just doesn't like thinking about doing this movie. Oh, okay. and I imagine that that sounds unfortunate. That's not sound good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So mm. uh, you know, I it's I, I wasn't really too keen on it i mean other than i guess you needed a reason for him to die eventually but like they they come up with this premise of we'll send our four fastest ships to find wesley but he's really in the dungeon and then when she finally calls him a coward is that that's when he decides he's just gonna kill wesley like what was the plan really to keep him alive but in the torture chamber up until then i'm i don't i don't know i didn't follow like why he was still alive or why they were going through the shenanigans other than count Count what's his face? Brilliant. I don't care. He had a notebook <laughs> that that he really wanted to take. He's a man of science. He wanted to take good torture notes on. I guess. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's like a little Nazi. When we get to the end of the podcast, I want to ask Greg how this how this uh, movie made him feel, and then hear him go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I was pretty sad though. I got to be honest. Like, if you really wanted to make me feel bad for Wesley, that that kind of did it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, anyway, I, I I don't know. I just didn't really have any good feelings about most of the scenes in it. Like there was no real continuity for me to follow. I just kind of felt like I right, just get to the next scene that I'm sick of. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Was, was is there maybe this is just me? Were any of you guys watching this going like, wow, this was uh, look? This even was, if someone pacing was solid, man. Even beat, if somebody beat, beat. who's fond of this film probably more than the the rest of you, I still I still agree that it's a collection of scenes of which there's only some that I'm genuinely fond of, and a lot that I tolerate, and uh, and quite a few that I see and don't make a lot of sense, and I just shrug, and <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, it's not a film that you can put a huge amount of thought into and it, it expect it to hold up under scrutiny, to be honest. But that's not always the point. It felt like a series of bits mm. that just yeah. kind of were loosely threaded together. Mm. And some bits worked and a lot of bits didn't. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the best way to put it. Is this was mm-hmm. this was just this shy of being a sketch comedy show. <laughs> I mean it it was a little ridiculous. So and now Billy Crystal gives him the pill covered with chocolate. Mm-hmm. And what was the the waiting period? Like, they say you have to wait 15 minutes. Like, 15 minutes from what? He's been dead for a couple of hours. <laughs> and then they wait 10 because the princess is getting married in a half hour, and that was their opportunity. Like, So if it's a half hour, it seems to me like you actually have that time. To, the, the timeline didn't make sense to me, That mm. the, the sense of urgency. Because it seemed like, well... Okay, so we could give it to him now in ten minutes and deal with whatever he wakes up as, or we could wait the extra five minutes, give it to him, have him completely be recovered, and then we might actually have Wesley by our sides for for this ordeal. Mm. 
and, and and I don't know if anybody else caught this, but so they wake him up, you know, middle of the day, bright sun shining, birds are <laughs> chirping. They're like, we have less than a half hour. We have to do our plans. They're like, all right, well, let's get the wheelbarrow. And he kind of <laughs> chastises him for not mentioning the wheelbarrow in their list. Whatever. And Andre the Giant's moving his head. So, all right. Yeah, I suppose some people probably find that scene cute. I just kind of thought it was a little, a little stretched. Hmm. So they, they set up their plan, which must be taking within a half hour because the princess was getting married in less than a half hour when they woke Wesley up. They come back and he, you know, when, when Fezzik's pretending to be the Dread Pirate Roberts, pitch blackout. Pitch black, not sundown, <laughs> not dusk, completely dark outside within a half an hour. It, I mean, what was like? I because I I I knew in the back of my head that this scene took place at night when they did their escape. Yeah. So when they wake up, Wesley, and it's the middle of the day. I'm like, no, wait a minute. Is this is the middle of the day. What does he mean? There's a half hour until the wedding. Like, I have to assume it's noon. That, uh, I have to assume that Florin must be near the equator, and Twilight is just very <laughs> abbreviated or something. Yeah. I I don't know. It that bothered me. I, I why of all the things that bothers me? Yeah. <laughs> it was an eclipse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the plan was dumb too. Like all it takes is one person to be like, you know what? I don't think I'm gonna run. <laughs> or you know what it really takes is the guy with the key to be one of the people who ran away and not the person who got cornered by the gate. <laughs> or maybe, yeah. and I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking outside the box here. The guy yeah. with the key should stay inside the gate. Yeah, probably. You know, instead of being outside and easily accessible. And, and I don't the you know, the whole and I'm sure this is probably somebody's favorite line. So I'm going to just go ahead and and spit on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, give me the key to the gate. And he's like, I don't have it. And he's like, Well, Fezzik, rip his arms off. Oh, you mean this key? <laughs> uh, so if you didn't happen to have the guy who was the key, and you had no idea who it was, like they had no clue, they would have no idea who who it was. Given that they take that guy, like what if, what if that was the wrong guy? Would they really have just ripped some guy's arms off? It's a good question. Yeah, it's it's dark. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna skip ahead because I'm I'm not gonna talk about this movie scene for scene. You're probably <laughs> the one redeemable scene of the movie, which is Inigo Montoya finally facing off with the Count, whatever, mm. whatever, and he gets to say his line like three dozen times and finally gets to kill him. And it's like the one feel good moment is death in this movie because why wouldn't it be? <laughs> And he finally gets his comeuppance, and you're like, oh, I'm feeling okay now. And then you move to this absolutely horrible post-wedding scene with with Wesley. First of all, being a creeper. Uh, (laughs) And then there's this part where he's talking to Buttercup about the wedding. And he's like, oh, well, you're technically not married because you didn't actually say I do. Well, how would he know that? He wasn't there. He was riding on Inigo Montoya. He asked her. He He said, did you say I do? And she said, no. No. Okay, so what if she had said yes? Okay, well, sorry She was only mostly married, not all the way (laughs) married. Oh, I mean, you probably Mm -hmm. can get it annulled, right? I mean, I don't. I guess there was no actual real exchange of vows. There's, there's probably there's probably a miracle max pill for that or something. Who knows? Yeah, it's uh, a pill for that. Just take this, and you're not married anymore. <laughs> you know, going back to the um, Inigo Montoya scene, my, my actually what, the thing the the thing that actually introduced me to the movie was actually a Toyota commercial that I watched in I want to say 2008. <laughs> and it was a it was a, someone doing an impression of the scene, and he walked out and said, "My name is You Need a Toyota. They killed your credit. Prepare to say." And I was, and from that I was like, "Where is I? I knew it was from something, and that research led me to finding the movie." That was an actual Toyota commercial. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. What the what? <laughs> I need to YouTube this. It better yeah. be somewhere. I need to see this. Okay, I have a headache now. That's stay. I know. I'm rubbing my head. That's so dumb. <laughs> How did that get greenlit? So dumb. Oh man. I'm wow. sorry. I've you you just broke the podcast, Goose. <laughs> even, even if that was just some local Toyota dealer doing a, a commercial for local TV, somebody yeah, had to possible. okay that somewhere. Oh, man. <laughs> like, why? Oh. Oh, no. Just well. no. Oh, okay. So <laughs> alright. Um shoot, man. Come on. That's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's what led him to watch the movie, by the way. That was his wow. gateway, Princess Bride. Wow. Goose, you okay. gotta go, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. 
So let me try to wrangle this back in here after... Holy, what a stupid commercial. Oh, look, Greg, Mark Knopfler did the music. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> All right, no, I just want to talk about Wesley's bluff here at the end. And I, I know he's like he's trying to make this whole bluff, like, oh, I'm going to do all these terrible things to you, and uh, okay, whatever. Dude, those do sound like pretty terrible things he wants to do to him. <laughs> the fact that he's laying on the bed completely motionless when he makes those threats really makes the whole, like, I'm standing up. Oh, I'm not bluffing. I can fight you. It, it felt empty. I'm like, no, I, I actually kind of think it's more likely that you can't move. Like, you, you were laying pretty motionless. Well, I mm-hmm. had a sword draw. I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think the bluff was really believable, and so I kind of had an issue with it. Yeah, and then, no, I agree. Yeah, I just, it didn't, it, the scene didn't work for me. And plus, he looked so, I guess he was supposed to look kind of feeble, but he looked really feeble when he actually held the sword up. Like, he didn't yeah. look solid. Like, he kind of looked like a stiff breeze would have blown him down, which was character accurate, but didn't really make for Jack Skellington believing the bluff and actually sitting down in the yeah. chair to get tied up. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> the broken foot from earlier in the production didn't help either. Yeah, <laughs> it probably <laughs> wasn't great, yeah. Um, but then we lead to the scene, so, now, now here's, here's where we get to finish the movie ourselves. Uh, do you think that Inigo Montoya does eventually become Dread Pirate Roberts? Yeah, I mean, uh, Robert, Robertes, maybe. I don't know that they would have uh, <laughs> would have would have accepted it any other way. But yeah, I can. That that seems like a logical uh, yeah. logical way yeah. to to continue. I mean, yeah, no, I I think that kind of makes sense. Anyway, uh, and and let me be, before we actually come off the story, I just kind of want to talk about one of the overarching theme of the entire movie. It comes up more than once. I mean, it's it, I I'm not I hate to talk about themes because then I feel like I'm a hoity-toity critic. Hmm. But the whole theme of the movie was the whole true love conquers all, and like because there's true love, I was gonna come back to you, and because there's true love, nothing bad could have happened to me, and because there's true love, even though I died, I'd come back. <laughs> and then it feels so cheesy. And what really strikes me is the point is like it's like you're coming out and saying like so if anything bad ever happens, well then I guess it wasn't true love, kitties. And like that's actually a pretty terrible thing to try to you're teach right. children, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like if if you truly if you face a tragedy and it actually like does take somebody that that you love, well then I guess it wasn't true love. So there you go. I mean it just it, that kind of irked me on that way. I'm like you know this is a, a whole new world of of entitlement coming out of this whole true love thing, and I just <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, that that actually did kind of bother me. Now now that I'm older and actually can see overarching themes in movies that I watch, and I just want to point that out. I think that's a, a horrible moral to try to to give to the kids out there. Yeah. All right. So now is the time on Hero Talk where we talk about what our favorite parts of the movie were. And I'm going to start with the newcomer, Goose. Goose, what was your favorite part of Princess Bride? My favorite part? Hmm. <laughs> Goose, you've listened to Hero Talks before. I know honestly, for- I would, honestly, I would say the scene where Inigo Matoya finally gets his revenge is probably my favorite. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. I mean, it's it's one of the shining lights of that whole ending sequence, and it's probably, in the entire second half of the movie, I think it's the only watchable scene, so it's it's a strong contender. I don't know. Jeff, what was your favorite part of the movie? Uh, as, as much as I like that scene Goose mentioned, and don't forget the uh, the, the take where Christopher Guest hears the, the speech and then pauses and runs around, turns around and runs yeah, that's, the hallway, that's, that yeah. was, that's gold. But for me, it's always been the uh, the sword fight between Inugo and uh, and and Wesley. I I've always liked the dialogue. I've liked the fa- I liked the fact and appreciated the fact that the actors were involved in all the lines and the mm-hmm. athletics and everything. It uh, it was one of those scenes that uh, when I used to have a VHS copy, I'd I'd rewind and watch. Um, I even, I even like the, uh, the whole sort of, uh, lead up to it, you know, from climbing up the hill and their sort of polite conversation and stuff. One of my, one of my, um, definite, uh, favorite scenes of the film. And I only wish, uh, that the second half of the film had a scene that was that <laughs> as, uh, as impressive. Cause I, a lot like you, there's not much past the 50 minute mark that I'm really terribly fond of that, but that's definitely my yeah, highlight. I'll, I'll definitely say this is, this net movie marks the second time since starting Hero Talks that I stopped a movie to see how much longer I had left. <laughs> and this is not a long film. This, is, I think, no, was 99 no. minutes. It's re- it's a reasonable length, yeah. Yeah, and I, I definitely at one point stopped and be like, oh, are we getting close to the end? <laughs> it feels longer than it is when you're watching it. It, it does. It does feel longer. I feel like I had a year of my life sucked away <laughs> by this movie. All right, Jen, what was, what was your favorite part of The Princess Bride? My favorite scene, and I feel like I'm going to get like major backlash from this because it's something you basically all said you didn't like, 
for two reasons. My favorite scene is the scene with Billy Crystal and Carol King. Oh, come on. Hang on, hang on. Inconceivable. Okay, Goose, (laughs) we talked about this. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. For two reasons. One, I really don't like any of the characters in the movie. Okay, I mean, that's that's fair. It was kind of fresh because it was different. And two, I absolutely adore both of them. I grew up loving Billy Crystal. Like, my whole life I've loved this guy. So the second I saw him, it was such joy coming out of this movie where I really don't like anyone. Okay, so, okay but Billy Crystal and then, wasn't good in it. Though. Hang on. <laughs> no, Carol Kane was, but I... Okay, okay, all right, all right, I'm backing off. And then the... Se- <laughs> <laughs> the second... And this is what's funny is that I didn't recognize who was from one of the stars from Child's Play. I didn't even recognize him. The second I heard Carol Kane's voice and knew it was her, and I had the biggest smile on my face because I adore her, especially from When a Stranger Calls, the classic horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I really think that it was just the fact... I can't even tell you one thing they say in that scene, but I felt so happy watching it because it was like a mirage in the distance. I'm sorry, but that's my favorite scene. <laughs> Wow. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I love those two. And you stand alone. I know. Yeah. It's okay. So I guess <laughs> my favorite scene of the entire movie, and this is this is kind of just I'm I am dredging the bottom of the barrel here. Uh-oh. Is the scene right after they kidnap Buttercup where Fezzik and Inigo Montoya are playing the rhyming game with each other? <laughs> and I actually get to hear the line Anybody right. want a peanut? Yeah, that's my favorite oh, scene. Oh god. I think you stand alone. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's because it's probably the most dialogue Andre the Giant gets to have in the movie. <laughs> and uh, Andre the Giant was was my favorite part of this movie. Oh, uh, okay. it's so it's so stupid that it, he he lost to Wesley. That makes no sense at all. All right, all right, we're letting it go. I'm not going to do a least favorite part. I think I could, but I think we all agree that it was the stupid forest scene. So we're just going to let it go. Uh, let's score this movie, and Jeff, I'm going to start with you. What All right, would well, you score, Princess Bride? Um, I'm going to do do out of five. I've consistently stuck with out of five, so I'll do that. I will give it 3.5 vials of iocane powder, one of the deadlier poisons known to man. All right. <laughs> Incidentally, a fictitious poison. <laughs> yes. Com- completely made up. Yeah. And uh, he just carries a vial of it with him. So, all right. Yeah. Super. Um, and he's just built up a... <laughs> an immunity over a couple of years. For no reason. <laughs> for no reason at all. Well, though, I have to imagine if I had built up an immunity to it, I'd probably carry a vial of it with me, too. Cause I'm like, man, you never know. <laughs> you never know. You know, because if, you, if you're trying to kill somebody, like, you always kind of have to drink, take a drink first to make them feel okay, so you could poison the whole pitcher. And, and mm. Okay. He's a, he's practical. Yeah. All right. Anyway, th- I hate this movie. Uh, <laughs> Jen, what would you score The Princess Bride? Uh, one and a half peanuts out of five. One and a half peanuts out of five. All right. That's, that's fair. I think that's about, about right. So, yeah. Goose. Goose, the moment you've been waiting for. One inconceivable oh. out of five. I, I really probably should have seen Ouch. that coming. I, I, blame, mm-hmm. I blame myself for not anticipating that. Yeah. All right. And I, in, in an effort to make my scores more inane, because as I've said before and will continue to say, scores are dumb and meaningless, and they're for people who don't actually want to read or listen to the whole review. On the scale of Wesley climbing the cliffs of insanity, I give this movie about 10 feet off the ground before Fazzini cuts the rope. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. I can't believe no one used the rod- rodents of unusual sizes in their scoring. I, I think everyone knows that that's stupid. That rodents was... of unusual size? I don't think they exist. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. No. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he just see one when he said that? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'm assuming it was to try and make her feel more at ease. But yeah, he did clearly see okay. it All right. going by. Yeah. Because I, 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 I thought I, I'd missed something. Didn't he just look at one? Like literally, just like made eye contact with one. And he yeah. said they don't like what a horrible scene for buttercup especially you know like she's doing nothing but just being in peril that entire time and he's like moving her around like oh you're gonna catch fire oh you would have exploded here I'm like wow what a talk about being worthless and having nothing to do now there was um <laughs> there were some casting notes on this and and i think one of the interesting points is somebody who wanted to play buttercup was Whoopi goldberg 
And as uh, unusual as oh, that would okay. be, I think maybe then we wouldn't have such a worthless buttercup, though. Like, at least... You're, yeah. yeah at least would've Whoopi really would have been able to, like, to, to, to shtick with people, you know? And to have a little mm-hmm. bit more back and forth than just, Oh, the prince. Oh, Wesley. Oh, I'm gonna kill myself. Oh, I'm in the <laughs> sand. Oh, it's a rat. You, that's my uh, that's my Robin Wright voice. Mm. Sorry, Ms. Wright. Yeah. What? But, and it's just crazy. I didn't even recognize her. The whole movie. Jeff had to tell me after. Oh, you well, know I mean, that's was, Jenny from Forrest Gump. I think Gun. this was her She's first so role, yeah, right? It was. It was. I mean, it they shows. said introducing Robin Wright in the beginning. Oh. Yeah, it's her, her first film. She yeah. she may have been only you know nineteen twenty or something. Yeah. She got better. Yeah. yeah, I I definitely would have. I think preferred Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I just would that I'm, have been with a different? They must would have. That have the, still it would have had the same to. Wesley, though? I, I can't have... imagine Whoopi Goldberg and Carrie Hughes having any screen <laughs> chemistry at all. Although <laughs> now that I'm saying that out loud, I want to see uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Carrie Hughes buddy cop movie. I <laughs> oh my god, I, yes, I would watch that. Doesn't that yes. sound great? I'm giving you gold, Hollywood, gold. <laughs> Take this and make it. I don't know. Do it. Yeah, so I don't know who you else need it would have. Something to redeem Theodore Rex anyway. Yeah, that's true. And jump a jack flash. All right. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but Sister Act was good. Sister Act 2, not so much. Was, Sister Act. Yeah. Uh, and who who else was on tap to play Wesley? Was there anybody who could have worked opposite Whoopi Goldberg? Could could this movie have been saved? If you want to save this movie, you got to bring in Walken. <laughs> Christopher oh, Walken? No. <laughs> Holy cow. Yes. So Christopher Walken <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg. I would have watched that movie. All of a sudden, that it's a completely different movie right there in front of you. Yeah, the dread pirate would certainly be a lot more dread. Yeah. For sure. All right. So Jeff, now that we've mentioned it, you need to do a Wesley line in your Christopher Walken voice before oh we close God, yes. this podcast. We need to hear it. Let's as, have it as you wish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, now say you've built up an immunity to Ayaki power. Oh, I can't, I can't do on, that many do lines. Do it. Do it. Built up an immunity to Ayakane. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right i think i think we've i think we've put this one to bed i yeah. honestly do all right so uh anyway uh jeff and jen thanks for coming on and goose goose i think this hey. is the first time i've had you on for a movie right like you you've done a couple of my special editions but i believe so yeah 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 it's the first movie so hey goose thanks for coming on hero talk we'll keep you in the rotation yeah we got to keep you around <laughs> because you know, i just can't handle jeff much longer i'm telling you <laughs> dancing well, on my last nerve i mean uh, as as much as much as i think the jen greg jeff dynamic works well it too, far too often and when jen hasn't seen the film it turns into you know greg and jeff stroking their beards going remember what it was like in the old days <laughs> yeah it, it actually it's it, it is and i i think even the last podcast when we did space balls really kind of like I really felt there was a whole lot of oh we loved it because we were kids oh you just saw it what did you think and like we went and it's there. like that's the year yeah. I was born and and, and and it's gonna happen again and we we know it's gonna happen again it's just the dynamic yeah so actually anyway. little preview I'm not giving away the title but a movie we will be doing in the future will also be from when I was one oh there <laughs> yes. you go teasing another film, another film from teasing. 1987 in fact yeah. yeah all right so anyway so goose hey thanks thanks a lot for coming on I appreciate it. Oh, with my pleasure. All right, and to all of you out there listening, thanks for listening to Hero Talk. If you want to listen to any more of our Hero Talks or any more of our podcasts, check out our videos, our Let's Pays, our Let's Plays. You don't have to pay us. There's no Let's Pays. <laughs> any of our movies or Let's Plays and reviews. Anyway, go to Enthusiacs.com and check out our content. Uh, you can look us up on YouTube. That's where you'll see a lot of uh, Goose's videos going up. Uh, I think Goose right now has about 90% of the content on the front page. So just go to Enthusiacs.com to see what Goose does. and It's, it's all right there spelled out for you. Um, we're also, uh, we're on Twitter at Enthusiacs. We're on Facebook still. So I don't know why I said still. Uh <laughs> That's actually a recent development. Yeah, it's actually quite recent. I'm not I'm not sure why I would have put that emphasis on it. But we are on Facebook, so check us out there. And as always, you can catch us right back here for the next Hero Talk. All right. So anyway, so Goose, hey, thanks, thanks a lot for coming on. I appreciate it. Goose? <laughs> Sorry, I, you, you, sorry. This may add a bit, of, may add a bit of work for you, but I was actually talking and my microphone was off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just and you blew it. Out.